1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zachary the late-round quarterback. And as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host, Denny Carter, the fourth. Denny, how's it going, buddy?
0: The fourth, that is. That's, that's a lot of bragging about the, uh, the sex that my ancestors have had, if that were true. But unfortunately, I am not a fourth. Uh, I, I, I'm here as uh, the only co-host of Living the Stream who is not online right now humble bragging (laughs) about his, his preseason takes, uh, which, uh, which are filling up your mentions as, as we speak. Is that, is that not right? Yeah.
1: So here's, here's what happened. So around this time every year, maybe it's maybe last year was like a month later, but I was just thinking about it today. Uh, I write a bold predictions article each year where I give 15 bold predictions for the season. Right. And then I give a, you know, I say why it's bold. And then I give a description, like a lot of data and stuff to talk about why I feel the way that I feel. So Mm -hmm. I, I thought about it today, so I was like, oh, I wonder what these bold predictions look like because I completely forgot what I wrote, right? So I looked at them, and there were some egregiously bad bold predictions, but there were some really good bold predictions. It was just a, I mean, that's, it was precisely what a bold predictions article should look like, you know, pre and post it being written, right? So I took that and I just put it in a list, and I said, uh, th- this is what my tweet said. I said, these were my preseason bold predictions, and some of them are LOL worthy. Okay, so then I posted the ten the ten predictions. Right now, as I'm saying this, it has it's. I'm almost I'm almost like getting ratioed. Ratioed. Right <laughs> I love it. It's like borderline. It has. I mean, it's not total ratioed. I have 384 likes, but then I I, I keep seeing the comment, the reply counter going. It has 137 replies right now.
0: Oh, you're getting, so that. It's, I mean, getting you're, it's getting. Listen, up there. you're one you're one big retweet away from getting ratioed <laughs> to hell. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> so. I'm going to I'm going to walk through these and Denny's going to give his comments on them. I yeah. I genuinely mean this you guys. So, Denny brought up the humble brag thing because when I tweeted this, people are responding now saying that this I tweeted it just because I got things right and it's a humble brag. Meanwhile, like I I quote I quote tweeted a clip from the Late Round podcast the week after I told people to sell Aaron Jones and he goes off yeah. for three four touchdowns or whatever. I, I I quote tweeted it and I like I'm it's okay I'm gonna get things wrong I'm not tweeting this to say look at me look at me so I'm gonna walk through this and you guys can be the judge if you if you think this was humble braggy or what even, oh, even I, though that will, wasn't will, the intent I will judge Okay here we go Number one Travis Kelsey George Kittle and Zach Ertz will all be worse than they were last season Okay that's okay which which sure that's that's a good prediction uh, Yeah number two. Juju Smith-Schuster will be fantasy football's top wide receiver.
0: Hell yeah, that's the one, man. I love it. I love it because that was that was probably mine. I probably would have said the same thing. Yeah. Like like I would have even thought that like, wait, is that hot enough? Right. You know, right. like like am, am I am I being bold enough with that prediction because he seems like a a shoe-in for I don't know 200 targets. Right. Right. So, okay, so sweet,
1: humble brag. Juju's not even, like, roster-worthy right now.
0: No, he's not fantasy-relevant.
1: At all. So, number three. Here's, here's another great humble brag. Royce Freeman will outscore Philip Lindsay.
0: Wait, how's that going? I don't even know how that's going. <laughs>
1: that's because no one cares about the Denver backfield. Yeah. Philip
0: Lindsay's doing better than Royce Freeman, but, like,
1: that's that's definitely not humble brag-worthy. Right? Uh, no. Well, yeah. it's it's
0: probably not going to happen. Right. You know, so yeah. this
1: next one, kind of humble brag worthy. Dalvin Cook will finish as a top three running back. So preseason yeah. ADP, he was like 10th or
0: something. Right. Oh, gosh. You know, I, I always forget that because I always considered that RB10 uh, ADP to be kind of crazy. I thought. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I had
1: him at like RB6, I think, after like the <laughs> big five. Um, but yeah, Yeah. I mean, like it, it was, I I thought it was fairly obvious to have Dalvin cook a little bit higher. So that's like a fine, like not even that super, super bold of a take next one. Not even that bold either. It's Christian Kirk will catch more passes than Kenny Galladay, which I think is actually going to, going to happen. Okay. Number six, this one, I think people like latched. like I I'm surprised that they feel the way they do about it because they've been calling it out. John Brown will have at least 300 more receiving yards than any other Buffalo Bills receiver.
0: That's going to happen.
1: Yeah, it's going to happen. But again, like, I'm not. Okay, we'll move on. We'll move on. Next one, number seven. <laughs> Here's a humble brag one Darwin Thompson will score more points than Kareem Hunt
0: and Jalen Samuels combined. <laughs> Oh man. I feel, you know what I feel? I feel the beach. I feel August. I feel the sun That's on right. my face. Yeah, right. When I think of Darwin Thompson outscoring people, being fantasy relevant, being a plug and play guy, I, it makes me feel like summer. I like that take. I, it was, I I mean, it, it's catastrophic, but I like
1: it. It was such a bad process take though. Cause I didn't even really like, like my prospect model didn't love Darwin. I just bought into it towards the end of August. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going for this.
0: It's going to happen. It was hard it, it was it was really hard to resist because you're talking about like the the primary care, ball carrier in Patrick Mahomes backfield.
1: Right. You know, right. Uh, number eight, Lamar Jackson will finish as a top three
0: quarterback. That's one of my better ones. Uh, actually, I think I think it's actually too conservative. <laughs> yeah. I you know I think I think the, the bold take would have said QB won by 100 <laughs> yeah, right. one by hundred points. been Uh,
1: number nine. This this one's actually fun after this past these past couple weeks. Debo Samuel will finish as fantasy football's top rookie wide receiver.
0: Oh, well, that's not looking terrible now. It's not
1: looking terrible right now. We could see what ha- we'll, we'll see what happens. I I honestly don't know where he would rank right now. I mean, I'm I'm assuming McLaurin is, is pretty clearly one right now
0: but mclaurin's done right right so we'll,
1: we'll see how debo bounces back number 10 eric ebron will score fewer than six touchdowns which was i don't even know if i wrote this before oh. or after the andrew luck thing or not but regardless it's kind of just like a mild take yeah um 11 was matt Breida will finish with more rushing yards than tevin coleman
0: there there it is that that i, I was i was with you yeah there. right sure so, so, Totally. I, I felt like everybody who's taking Coleman, I was like, you're a chump. It's Brita all day, man. (laughs) How can you not see this? Well,
1: I, what I did, I just split it. Like I, I drafted a lot of the San Francisco backfield, but like I would get Tevin Coleman. Like I drafted, I I was embarrassed by this after the fact, but in the apex league, which by the way, guys, uh, your boy Mm. is now in first place. Uh, but in the apex league, I drafted Tevin Coleman over Sony Michelle, and about a week later, I had massive regrets because they're like, "Oh, Sony Michelle is going to be used more in the in the passing game and yeah. all this." And now, I mean, now I feel great about it. But
0: yeah, yeah. I but when you when you made that move, I was like, "Well, he must know something I don't because <laughs> Sony Michelle is going to score 19 touchdowns this year." Yeah. So. Uh, number 12.
1: Here's here's a great one. Latavius Murray will outscore Mark Ingram. <laughs>
0: there, it is. that's a good, that's a solid one. I, I, and again, I would have been all on board as a Latavius truther. Uh, I would have been on board with that. Uh, Alas, it doesn't seem possible at this point. Here's a great one. Sammy Watkins will finish as a top 20 wide receiver after week
1: one. After I was looking great after week one. He hasn't, I mean, he hasn't, you know, I, I have this on my 10 trend show. That's, that's going out tomorrow, but, uh, Sammy Watkins since week one has not finished higher than wide receiver 25 and he's only, he finished at wide receiver 25 one week. And then every other week, wide receiver 38 or worse.
0: I mean, he's playing, he's running routes. He's terrible. What's what's, what's going on with him? I have to say that I've never felt uh, such intense FOMO as I felt after week one with Sammy Watkins because I had faded him almost everywhere, including in best ball and you and you and Rich had been hammering. yeah I was in, I was in
1: the Sammy Watkins yeah
0: yeah all, all summer you got to get Watkins guy and, and I was like, this is the one I'm gonna go I'm gonna go against him And then after week one I was like, oh my god, I've owned myself again yeah I uh I, I felt good after week one and then man not great.
1: So at 14 and 15 the, the final two are pretty good. Darren Waller will finish as a top eight tight end okay okay I mean he was being drafted at like tight end 17.
0: Yeah, and that's happening. He's going to finish the top five, right? And then the last one was
1: both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin will finish his top twelve wide receivers.
0: That's a solid. That's a solid take. And I don't know if everybody was on board with that. No,
1: no. I mean, I, I would assume top twelve. No, but but part of the logic was that happens with teammates nearly every single year. Like we've averaged, I can't remember what the number was, but we've averaged something like one point five per season teammate pairings in the top twelve per season since twenty eleven or twenty twelve.
0: And uh doesn't Bruce Her- or um, yeah, Bruce Arians have some history in, in two productive receivers? I mean, there there was there was some process.
1: Yeah, there there's process. There. There's process. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean people are responding to it, someone's like, Child, please, this tweet is fishing for compliments.
0: Uh, well it, but see th- these are these are backhanded compl- these are angry compliments to you because what they're saying is oh crap like some of these are actually good like there's some of these are like really good but, uh, there are terrible ones but of course there are it's it's bold takes you're, you're you're exploring like a huge range of outcomes with these with these predictions i do i i appreciate i think you should appreciate how triggered people are over this it,
1: it is kind of fun now take taking a step back and talking through it it is kind of fun Anyway, just go with it. Let's talk about some more takes that we had last week. We had some takes. Yeah. Um, I'd say overall, not a terrible week. We had one really bad pick. And that was Kyle Allen.
0: God, the Panthers, man.
1: Kyle Allen scored 5.7 points, which is honestly, honestly way better than I thought it was going to be. Because yeah. <laughs> because he threw he threw four picks and we we go by minus two interceptions whenever I log these so Kyle Allen with five point seven uh, he was a bad streamer Derek Carr had almost twenty he got that rushing touchdown thank God. Nick Foles had almost 18, and Sam Darnold had over 25. So it was actually, other than Kyle Allen, it was a pretty good streaming week. For yeah,
0: I guess we just didn't heed the Atlanta defense warning from the week before. Look, right? I mean, the,
1: the, the fact that it was one week for Atlanta, it was easy to just be like, this is an anomaly. But now, and we'll get to this in a bit, but now it's it's a little bit different. Uh, yeah. um, i defense Oakland had 13 fantasy points. They were good. Washington has a little bit of a deeper play. They were five. Uh, so they didn't sink you really tight end. Um, we, li- we did list uh, a third of the NFL with our tight end picks last <laughs> right. week. So, right. so we were bound to hit on some guys, but we added some to the Patreon page, like a uh, Ross Dwelly after uh, George Kittle was ruled out. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about, uh, I-, I added on the Patreon page on Sunday morning, that Jaden Graham was a, was a deeper play because he looked like he was going to be the pass catching tight end for the Falcons. Instead of Luke Stocker, he ended up scoring 4.3 points and Stocker had a goose egg. So I think that was the right process. But then uh, Dallas Goddard had 12.6 for some reason. I I don't get Dallas Goddard. uh, Sorry. We're going to get to it in a second. I I, I shouldn't talk about it right now. I'm just tilting. Uh, How about how did well do? Uh, Dwelly had seventeen point four points.
0: Oh, no- pretty sweet. I, I'm I'm happy for the patrons who signed up and get the update. That's right. When we update the streamers.
1: That's right. Noah Fant had nine point three. Darren Fells only had two point eight because that offense sucked. Uh, Dawson Knox found the end zone. He had eleven point two. And your boy Kyle Rudolph seventeen point seven fantasy points. He's been, he's been a a very strong pick for the brand, <laughs> specifically Denny Carter's <laughs> brand over the last uh, few just- weeks.
0: It's just funny. I was over at my mother in law's house, and I was actually like, like running around the kitchen when he caught that touchdown <laughs> because I was like, "It's happening again! I can't it's believe un- it. It's still Rudolph season. It's. It, it, I'm so committed to Rudolph season. Minnesota's on their bye this week. I'm keeping Rudolph in yeah, line. You gotta just care. keep playing them. I don't care. That's how committed I am.
1: I'm just glad that you know of, of all fantasy analysts out there, Denny was a first mover. But I was I was second on the Kyle Rudolph train after that first week that Denny mentioned him about a month and a half ago.
0: That's right. That's and then right.
1: now 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 people real but now it's going to be too late cuz Adam Thielen's going to come back and Kyle Rudolph's not going to see the same target show.
0: Oh, it's over after Thielen comes back. Yeah,
1: yeah, it'll be different. So, not a bad week overall. Denny, let's kick things off. Let's talk about defenses. We have guys, we have a lot of streamers this week. So, uh buckle up, hold your pants. Let's do this. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, I know your pants came off when Kyle Rudolph scored that right, touchdown, right. but now it's time to put them back on.
1: Yeah, Denny, kick things off.
0: I okay, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with Cleveland. Of course, of course, Cleveland is available in 50% of leagues. I have that in all caps because I'm just I'm just prepared for people to be like, you know, the Browns have been rostered in my league since week one, or like someone picked them up four weeks ago in anticipation of this matchup. And of course, the Browns are playing Miami at home at Cleveland. Uh, the Browns are 11-point favorites here. Um, six of 10 teams have scored at least nine fantasy points against Miami this season. The Dolphins have allowed 20 turnovers in 10 games. Only the Bucks have allowed more. And by the way, a lot more. I think five more than that. The Bucs are just a disaster. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Cleveland has the sixth highest sack percentage in the league. And no team has allowed more sacks than Miami, which, JJ, you know what this means. What does that mean? The Browns have a sack base floor.
1: <laughs> da, 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 da. I feel like all these like sirens need to go off. Sack
0: base floor, of course, with Miles Garrett suspended until twenty sixty nine. I don't, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know exactly how that affects things, but, uh, but I, I, you know, the Browns are obviously the top defensive streamer. So
1: I was, uh, so last week, this is has nothing to do with with the streaming picks. It has to do with Miles Garrett. Last week, I had a race on Saturday, a running race and I my daughter Avery was sick which is why I'm sick now it finally hit me like hard and uh Avery was sick so I was trying my best to not get sick Thursday night I'm watching the Steeler game and then it finally gets out of hand so I turn it off and I go to bed because I need to get sleep uh because I don't want to get sick because I have this race on Saturday I wake up to news that Miles Garrett murdered Mason Rudolph like I opened up Twitter and I was it was it was and the, the, the tweeting about it, the everything. And I, I'm like, Oh, this can't be, this can't be that big of a deal. And then I, and then I watched the video and I like, I, I I like made like, I audibly screamed.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I did the same thing. It's funny. You said you went to bed before the game was over, which I don't know. Do you, do you ever do that? Is that, is that not not
1: usually it's a pretty rare occurrence. I mean, some, sometimes if I had like an exhausting week, I'll literally fall asleep watching bad games, but yeah. Uh, usually, usually, I'm I'm watching all the primetime games. Live. I
0: I didn't see one second of that game. Uh, I I think I was asleep by ten o'clock, which is really early for me. And then, yeah, I, I opened my phone the next morning, and the entire timeline is about that. I've never been, yeah, like more like I was, It was jarring.
1: Yeah, it was. Know? It was a really insane. It was. It was just one of those like sports moments where like like it it it, it just felt out of body almost like it was just, it just one of those like sports moments of like, like you're going to remember the sequence of events and how people reacted and stuff, because the reaction piece to that hit was, was the worst part. It, it, it it escalated from like, from, you know, Miles Garrett should be suspended for three games to Miles Garrett should be suspended for the rest of the season to Miles Garrett should uh, be, be, be prosecuted. Yeah. And then and then yeah. and then it turned into Miles Garrett should get the electric chair like it just like it, it got worse and worse and worse. <laughs> and I'm like, right, I'm like, OK, guys, like I get it. And like everyone, every single person yeah. with a Twitter account had to have a take.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. He should be prosecuted. He should be shot to the moon. Right. And left there forever. Right. Th- things just things just with, of with nature, a helmet. E. Just, Smith would say Yeah,
1: hit him with a helmet sitting on the moon, only being able to hit himself.
0: Right. Right. But, you know, I mean, Mason Rudolph. Didn't not deserve some retaliation. Yeah, no, look, I get saying. it all.
1: I get it all. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. He didn't. He, he. I know you're not a Mason Rudolph truth or anything, but like, you know the the whole everything that transpired before that. I kind of I kind of wasn't shocked that that was his reaction. Miles Garrett is is pretty dirty. I liked I liked
1: Mason Rudolph's uh, post game where he was just like the, the toughest sob. Like he just the the, the tea was so high. He was just standing there and he's like uh, – he's like, yeah, like, like, just basically saying like how – like acting like he was just such a tough guy throughout that whole experience because – I mean he did get whacked in the head. I'm surprised that he didn't get like concussed off, like from it. But
0: I, I mean he he had one of the worst hits to the head three weeks ago I've <laughs> yeah, ever seen. Right. Uh, people need to lay off Mason Rudolph's freaking head right now. Right. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough out there. But
1: yeah, I mean it was a, a really sad situation though. I can't stand when – stuff like that happens in the NFL because it just, it just plays into stereotypes and how uh, barbaric the game often can be.
0: It, it is though, you know? Yeah.
1: It's how it is. It's, it's the Coliseum. Yeah. Uh, all right. Another defensive pick this week, the Detroit lions. Uh, I think that they're probably they're They're on par with, with Cleveland. Uh, maybe, maybe not as strong, but uh, I mean, again, we have to worry a little bit about Cleveland being able to sack the quarterback, but Uh, Detroit is facing Washington. Dwayne Haskins in his two starts has been sacked 10 times and he's fumbled twice. Uh, Washington has allowed the fourth highest sack rate now in football. Detroit's not really been able to get to opposing quarterbacks. They rank seventh worst in pressure rate, but given the sack uh, rate allowed by Washington, I think Detroit is in play from that standpoint. There's a low over under too. So I think that they're just a fairly safe option as a result.
0: Uh Yeah. you know the adjusted yards per attempt for one Dwayne Haskins right now? No. It's it's 4. Wow. 4 uh, AYA and and he has he's completing 58% of his passes. That is that's got to be the most putrid passing offense in my in my memory.
1: It's bad. It's really really bad and it sucks cuz Terry McLaurin's kind of awesome.
0: Yeah, I know. All right, on to Tennessee. The Titans are at home against the Jags. Uh, the jags are allowing 9.4 schedule adjusted fantasy points to defenses uh, defenses have scored double digit fantasy points against the jags in two of their past three losses does that make sense that makes sense yeah, right it makes that's sense. good yeah. okay yeah so i mean if if you if you trust the line here you know the titans are our home favorites think the jags are going to lose i think tennessee has a a decent shot at at uh, getting to that double digit mark um, so yeah they the jags are road dogs here um, and Tennessee is available in 83% of leagues, so I don't want to hear anything about the Titans not being available in your league. Man, when you said road
1: dog, I immediately thought of the road dog Jesse James from the WWE. WWE. I always want to say WWF because that's when I watched it. The the good right. the good old days, the D-Generation X days.
0: I had to explain to my son the difference between WWF and WWE because they watch some like highlights on YouTube. Him and his cousin. Yeah. And he's like, what's WWF? I was like, that's the Wildlife Something Federation, child. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: all right, the fourth defense, uh, the fourth of nine that we're going to talk about today. No, the 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 fourth and final defense, the Atlanta Falcons, guys. This is real. They've averaged five and a half sacks over their last two games and ten and a half quarterback hits per game. Okay. During their f- first eight games of the year. They average 0.9 sacks per game and 3.6 quarterback hits. So they've seen an incredible increase in pressure and getting to the quarterback. And a lot of times, if this just happened and there wasn't really something that we can pinpoint and say this is why, I would say this is just random. You know, this is just mm-hmm. what's happened. Mm-hmm. But evidently, Dan Quinn at the bye officially pushed all play calling duties off to his assistants. Okay. So before the bye happened, he was transitioning, trying to get some of the play calling to to his assistants. But everything officially switched over after their bye. And since that happened, Atlanta's defense has been out of control good, which tells me Dan Quinn should not be a head coach.
0: That's right. That's right. I think that transitioning away from yourself and finding success is probably a bad sign. And also from a fantasy standpoint, I need Dan Quinn to take back the reins.
1: There was a the, I I, I said a tweet out about this with the quarterback hit and sack stuff earlier today, and someone quote tweeted it and said that Dan Quinn was just asking Madden for plays, which I thought was uh, yeah. very 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 uh, real and apt. I mean,
0: yeah. But, I mean, it's good delegation, I guess. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Uh, but Tampa Bay is a plus matchup also. They're allowing 2.56 points above expectation to opposing defenses this year. We know they turn the ball over. We know that they can get sacked. So I, I like Atlanta uh, as a very, you know, a deeper play because it is risky because we don't know if this is a trend. It looks like it's a trend. Um, but, and, and there's always a risk that this game could be high scoring. So yeah. there's some well, risk to Atlanta, but I don't think they're that bad of an option.
0: Well, I mean, you know, you you get Jameis Winston in a past heavy negative script, and good things happen, right? Right. From a defensive standpoint.
1: All right, Denny. Let's go to the quarterback position.
0: Yes. You want to kick things will, off? Yeah, go ahead. You yes, can go. I will kick off. I will kick off the things with Ryan J. Tannehill the third. I I would love for that to be his name, but it's not. Uh, Against uh, the aforementioned Jags. So I I think this game, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think this game shapes up uh, a lot like Derrick Henry's season. Okay. Like it's like a run run funnel. So dumb. Yeah. It's like a run funnel defense. You know, the Titans want to establish until, you know, the Cows come home. Can't believe I just said that. Okay, Boomer. I I just okay Boomer myself. (laughs) Um, But uh, can you even do that? The, uh, the Titans are three-and-a-half-point home favorites against the uh, Jacksonville defense that has given up at least 18 fantasy points in each of its past four games to quarterbacks. Uh, Jacksonville has uh, proven susceptible to rushing quarterbacks, allowing 35 rushing yards to Marcus Mariota the last time these teams met, I think, about a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago, and 37 yards to Deshaun Watson um a couple weeks ago so they they're still out there I, i'm sorry the uh Tannehill, Tannehill, not they but the Tannehill is still out there in 78 percent of leagues i i just am a little hesitant that derrick henry is going to go for like 180 and three touchdowns and Tannehill is just going to be you know game manager type guy
1: yeah and it's going to be great my mentions are going to be awesome because i had derrick henry as a cell candidate and it was mostly because of like the schedule in the fantasy playoffs and touchdown regression and all this kind of stuff but yeah, I mean, he's probably going to go off in this game. Yeah. Uh, one quarterback that might be available, a little higher owned right now, uh, not as not as highly owned as Denny and I are. Um, of course. But Baker Mayfield, guys, um, a lot of you are going to be scared off of Baker because he hasn't performed very well. But when you adjust for strength of opponent, he's only played .44 fantasy points per game below expectation this year. So – Essentially, if you look at how opposing defenses have given up fantasy points and how many fantasy points Baker Mayfield has scored, um, he really hasn't played as bad as you might think. Um, And then, meanwhile, Miami has allowed 4.12 more points per game than they should have this season based on their schedule. And then Baker Mayfield has some positive touchdown regression that could hit. Uh, Based on his yardage total, and if you look at how quarterbacks have scored touchdowns over the last five years— Um, so yards per touchdown, uh, Baker Mayfield should have 3.85 more touchdowns than he currently has. So I think that this could be a game where, you know, it's like a get right game. Maybe he has like, I, I'm going to say it right now, Denny. Baker Mayfield throws for five touchdowns this week.
0: Wow. Okay, well, that that's hot. I thought you were going to say three. No, and five. Go, oh, okay. Five.
1: It's going down. Five. Baker
0: Mayfield is throwing five touchdowns this week. I'm, mark- I'm marking it down right now in my head and, and on this, obviously, on these airways. Uh, by the way, the Browns have the highest implied total of the whole week. Yeah, this is it. This is the week. This is the week. Well, a slightly worse candidate for streaming <laughs> purposes – uh, but 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 a fun one nonetheless is Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll is fun as hell. Yeah. Um, uh, that's all I have. No. Uh, so uh, Detroit is at Washington. Uh, Detroit is a three and a half point favorite here, implied total of 23.5 points, which, as the kids are saying, is not hateful. Uh, Driscoll comes with rushing upside, as it says in my notes. He has 13 rushes in his two starts for Detroit this season. Uh, and he had rushed 25 times in five games last year uh, for the Bengals. You know, I thought that the the current Bengals starter was Jeff Driscoll for a little while, by the way, because they're like the exact same guy. To me.
1: Yeah, it's the same. Well, he he was there last year.
0: You right, right, and they but like I can't get that out of my head. Right, so, right, right. Um, so in his in his two starts uh, in place of Stafford, and I guess Stafford's probably done for the year or close to it. Uh, so. You know, definitely get Driscoll in like a super flex, but he's probably already taken. Uh, Driscoll has uh, 17 and 27 points in his first two starts, respectively, and now he gets a Washington secondary, allowing nearly 18 schedule-adjusted points to quarterbacks. All but two quarterbacks have scored 15 fantasy points against Washington this season, with six QBs going over 20 points against Washington. Uh, They allow 7.5 yards per attempt, which is the seventh highest rate in the league. So it is Driscoll season, many are saying.
1: Yeah, I dig it. Uh, I think the most traditional streamer, though, this week is Sam Darnold. Would you agree? I do, too. Yeah. Because Baker, I mean, I would play Baker over all these guys, but uh, Darnold's facing Oakland. There's a decent enough over under in this game. Uh, The Jets are three and a half point underdogs quarterbacks against Oakland they're averaging 20.6 points per game this year when those same quarterbacks have averaged 17 points per game throughout the season so there's a a 3.6 point boost essentially going up against Oakland Um, and Darnold's given us two straight good games so we have a little bit more confidence that he can get it done so I think Darnold's a a fairly safe option Um, you know that game's kind of weird Oakland doesn't necessarily like play at the fastest pace and you don't always have to feel very good that you don't always feel confident that a game against Oakland is going to shoot out, um, but I do think Darnold's still fine, just given the matchup.
0: I I kind of like the potential for that game to you know pop, as the children are saying online. Yeah, I hope. It. I mean, it has. I mean, the Jets have a terrible secondary, and and the Raiders get roasted by pretty much everybody. Uh, you know, all the pass catchers they they face. So, all right. All right, let's Our, move
1: on to we're we're gonna we're gonna fly through the tight end position. Yeah, well,
0: I mean, we'll try. We have we have six guys. We have six.
1: Yeah. All right, go, you have you have thirty seconds each tight end. Go. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> All right, so uh, Jacob Hollister at Philadelphia. Hollister has at least six targets in three of the past four games, including ten targets in Week Ten against San Francisco. Hollister is available in sixty-five percent of leagues. I don't know why I have that right in the middle of everything, but here we go. <laughs> this is. I think I meant to put that at the end. This is more about this is more. <laughs> shoot, I'm messing up. This is more about usage than it is about matchup as Philadelphia allows the ninth fewest adjusted points to tight ends. Hollister ran 34 pass routes in week 10's overtime victory against the 49ers. that's that was the seventh most in the league. It's Hollister season. JJ, go. Dallas Goddard, still only 19% owned in Yahoo leagues, which is the most ridiculous thing
1: ever because we've been talking about him for a month and a half. 23 tight ends have been rostered at a higher rate than Dallas Goddard, but only 11 have a higher PPR points per game since week six. And among tight ends with four games played since that time, Dallas Goddard is a top 10 tight end. He has the highest snap. He had the highest snap share of his season in week 11. He's seen at least 10% of Phillies targets in every game since week four. Dallas Goddard should be rostered and he should be playing played this week. I don't even care what the matchup is.
0: Absolutely. Ross Dwelly, contingent on George Kittle, not not playing against Green Bay. Uh, D- uh, Dwelly has seven and five targets respectively in his two games without Kittle. Uh, 24.2% of the targets against Green Bay this year have gone to the The tight end position, that's the fifth highest rate in the league. Tight ends have been targeted 44 times against Green Bay's defense over the past three games. My God, Green Bay has allowed 14.3 schedule adjusted fantasy points to tight ends this year, allowing 5.7 receptions per game to tight ends. Dwelly is fourth in the NFL in routes run over the past two weeks. He is available. In eighty four percent of leagues, JJ go.
1: Ryan Griffin, fourteen percent or more of New York's targets in three of his last four games. Over this time, he ranks ninth in the NFL on routes run. He's gonna he got a plus matchup. He got a he got he, he's he's got got he's he's got a plus matchup this week against the Raiders, who have allowed two point seven more PPR points per game to tight ends than they should have this year based on schedule. Denny, go one more tight end for you.
0: Darren Fells against Indianapolis. Houston has a 24.5 point implied total here. They are home favorites. Indianapolis has played a few teams that just don't use tight ends, according to my notes. But that team, (laughs) but teams that do use tight ends have targeted the position pretty heavily against the Colts. Denver tight ends combined for 16 targets against Indianapolis a few weeks ago. The Oakland tight end saw 11 combined targets against Indianapolis earlier this season uh Fells, who has seen three targets in back-to-back games, is probably a low-volume option compared to the other tight end streamers. I would much prefer Dwelly if Kittle is out and Hollister.
1: One more tight end for you. Noah, don't call me Font Fant. He's just a volume play, guys. But Emmanuel Sanders, since he's not been in Denver, Noah Fant has seen a 27.6%, 22.2%, and 29.7% target share in the Denver offense. Those are elite numbers with Emmanuel Sanders there. His target share is about 11 to 12%. So he's seen a massive, massive increase in looks Uh, over the last three weeks. He's been tight end 15, 2, and 16. Uh, So he's given you a high floor. The highest that he ranked with Emmanuel Sanders in a single week was tight end 15. Uh, So he's basically been that as his floor now without Sanders. So I think just given the volume that he's seeing, he is in play.
0: I, okay, that was great. I I love that tight end segment that we just did. We might want to do that every every week. By the we way, we might. Yeah, just, yeah. We'll have to see. What, we'll have to see
1: what the people say. Yeah.
0: But I have to say this about Fant. My favorite thing right now is the is the Denver offense trying to run toss sweeps to Noah Fant.
1: Yeah, they're doing a because
0: lot because that is hilarious. I mean, Fant's fast for a tight end, but he's not fast.
1: Yeah, I, know? he's he's athletic. He's an athletic boy. But but he
0: it's it's just it's almost um, I I feel bad for him when he he gets a toss eight yards behind the line of scrimmage and is expected <laughs> to sweep around the edge like he's Tyreek Hill and he and he's not he's a big old tight end like give me a break stop running that play it's the worst play in football you're tilting okay uh, to recap we have
1: Driscoll Tannehill Darnold Mayfield Fells Dwelly Hollister Fant Griffin Goddard Tennessee, Cleveland, Atlanta, and Detroit. All right, Denny, let's get to these questions. This first one is from @polishedtweeter. JJ, people follow you for your excellent analytical work. You've been preaching Dallas Goddard for weeks as a pickup. Why do you believe the resistance is so strong? Also, Denny, what are your thoughts on Mauled Wine? Okay, so we'll do we'll do mine first. I think the reason people haven't been picking up Dallas Goddard is because they're afraid of Zach Ertz. Because Dallas Goddard is the tight end two on his own team. Um, but we're seeing that they're utilizing both of them. Zach Ertz isn't as strong of a fantasy asset as people thought entering the season. Um, and that's helped things a little bit, but then on top of that, there's been a lot of injuries to the wide receivers in Philadelphia, which is also helping Dallas Goddard. And then they run a lot of two tight end sets. Um, but I think that's why I think it's the Zach Ertz effect.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so here's the thing. I don't know what mulled wine is.
1: I think it's like a spiced wine
0: well it sounds t- I mean I don't like wine so mulled wine sounds probably worse than just regular
1: wine yeah that does sound really bad
0: <laughs> uh, yeah I mean I I guess I would drink it on a dare but you know oh by the way I guess smoothie thing the smoothie thing's still happening
1: yeah the smoothie thing still happening. I had a smoothie this morning
0: God bless America
1: what what did you think was gonna happen I already uh-huh. told you I'm not this is gonna happen next year too
0: I forgot you're a stubborn mule that's that's <laughs> what I that's what I forgot so I'm gonna end up drinking this stupid white rush
1: yes you are Uh, This next question, this is a good one. This is from at Justin White VA. Would you rather be forced to forever, dot, 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 listen to Booger give a play-by-play of your life as you live it, okay? Walk barefoot from your locker to the shower and back at the gym daily, and back at the gym daily. Be emotionally invested and attached
0: to the Chargers forever. No, I could never be a Chargers fan.
1: No, that's, it's the most, so there's a tweet from Rotopat, that was yeah. sent in early October, and it says, "How does how does every Chargers game end the same way?" Ev- every one. It's. <laughs> and it's then, really cool. and then last last night, it's just it's amazing because it was a a month and a half old tweet or a month old tweet, and it's just still completely relevant. And I just I retweeted that thing last. I'm just every single time the Chargers finish a game, I'm going to retweet it. Well, that, that
0: that's what uh. Keenan Allen quote retweeted and said, "Shit, sad." Yeah, right. Because <laughs> he knows. Yeah, imagine, imagine being Keenan Allen or someone who's good
1: on that team and and experiencing that firsthand.
0: And by the way, the fact that this happens to the Chargers, I think, pretty much confirms my dad's theory that <laughs> the mob the mob has owned that franchise since 1969.
1: It's true. So. It's true. Uh, and there are people the 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 Philip Rivers uh, point shaving people. Yeah, I think that there, really? I think there's there's something there too.
0: No, my, so my 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 dad, yeah, my dad's like he big Rivers fan, like the religion thing, like fifteen kids thing. He's all he's all uh, all in on Rivers personally, but he's like, yeah, but he's definitely a point shaver and he's owned by the mob for sure. Yeah, I mean like, Rivers well, makes that's...
1: makes throws where you're like, this can't be this can't be real
0: right now. By the way, I can't like people are still playing him every week in fantasy. What's going on?
1: Yeah, it's rough.
0: I don't. Can I can I uh, ask a couple Facebook questions?
1: Sure. By the way, I would say I don't want I, walking barefoot from your locker sorry. to the shower and back is probably the answer here.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're doing that. We're taking that. Yeah. Out. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Uh. So Hunter Dunlow on the Living the Stream Facebook page. I would suggest you all join that page. There's lots of, lots of hashtag discourse on the page. Hunter Dunlow asks says. I respect the opinion and insight of each host. Wow, this is this is starting off. I'm almost suspicious of this. Uh, so I'm searching for opinions on the following issue: Who is your favorite Ninja Turtle? Thanks for your time.
1: Okay, man, that's okay. So it's for me, it's Michelangelo. Okay, why? Because he's he's carefree.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's, I just I
1: always liked Michelangelo because it was like an easy, but but I always liked Leonardo. Because he had the sword,
0: the, Leonardo's a dork. He's a nerd. Right,
1: okay, but listen, yeah. what I'm saying is, I'm saying growing up, that was like the cool thing that I would want to like. You, I wanted a sword.
0: Oh, okay. So it was about the sword. I mean, the leadership thing always turned me off with Leonardo. Yeah, I
1: mean, Michelangelo is the goat of the of the group.
0: I I disagree. What, who uh, who
1: are, there's? Oh my you, god!
0: You know, you know.
1: Go, Ra- who, Raphael.
0: Why? Raphael, obviously. Because he is the ornery, thoughtful badass of the group, and I like that. I like I, I as a kid, I wanted to be him. He he's the he's the one in the first one, uh, who um, doesn't he break down first when Splinter's ghost visits them? I don't remember enough. I I, I mean because you know because he keeps it all inside. He's a tough guy. He's a tough guy, but he but he let out he and and you when tough guys break, it's it's uh. So you, like you, the, know, you like the you like the high tea guy. Is is the, hi, he, the high fake, tea he, turtle? But he's fake. He's fake high t He's very. He's actually very emo. And but he. But he has to cover. He. He has a mask of a, a high tea mask. So he's sort of like Bill Belichick. Oh God, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Michelangelo is yeah. the answer here. I mean, I know. Ne- look at the size are terrible. The as 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 a uh, weapon size are. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, they're
1: the, stupid. Like, what are they uh, gonna do for you? Right. Well,
0: I'm I'm just glad that neither of us wanted to be Donatello.
1: Yeah, Donatello was the woat. Yeah, <laughs> just just so bad. Just just so unremarkable. I,
0: I won want, I wanted to like him as a kid. I really did just to be contrarian. But <laughs> I, even even I even I was like, no, I,
1: I still couldn't like Donatello. No, couldn't. Couldn't. Uh, all right. Are there any more from I, Facebook?
0: I, yeah, we'll do one more. Um, <laughs> all right. This is a good one. Uh, Chris Moore says, if you ever have the misfortune <clears throat> If you ever had the misfortune of using a short a short bowl toilet, are you more likely to sit forward pressing... Is... I should have read this all the way through before I said it. Okay, are you more, more likely to sit forward pressing your junk against the front porcelain or sit back? <laughs> risking, risking poop on the rear rim. <laughs> the distance between the relative... okay the distance between the relevant orifices dictates that there is no (laughs) there is no way for most males to avoid both hazards (laughs) (laughs) simultaneously i mean you have to you have to make sure that the uh the feast the the fecal matter goes in the toilet that's your only
1: option that's your number one priority (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's it that's
1: it that's it period that's your number one priority I can't yeah. wait to get angry emails about us talking about poop on the show again
0: oh yeah right Um, uh, one more one more from uh, uh, Justin Schaefer friend of the show are, are your low T levels on display when you overreact to how cold a day might be I was <laughs> sorry I was in a full skiing ensemble a few days ago <laughs> I hate you guys for making these questions so funny Uh, I was in a full skiing ensemble (laughs) a few days ago when a couple of teenagers walked by walked by me in shorts
1: (laughs) oh my god
0: yeah man no Seriously, That's I am very um, very low T. I'm so su- I'm such a baby when it comes to the cold. Like I'm like I'm like dressing. If it's fifty degrees, I'm dressing like it's twenty. So, <laughs> oh.
1: I feel like if if people were dressed up like legitimately dressed up in shorts or like if people weren't dressed in this ski getup, they probably thought you were about to rob a store. <laughs> it's
0: just funny because it's like you do see that. I'm like I'm at Starbucks working and. Not working at Starbucks. I I think people Danny's a barista, guys. People. I mean, I say that to people, and they're like, "Oh, you work at anyway." I was working. I was working while I was at Starbucks, and and these kids come in the other day wearing gym shorts, like you. Yeah, I wear gym shorts everywhere. I wear gym. But, I drop off Avery every
1: single morning in gym but, shorts. But
0: listen, in Charlotte, it might be fine, but here it was forty-one degrees. Yeah, that's outside. basically what the
1: temperature is.
0: I had a I had a sweatshirt I had a scarf around my face in the uh, in the Starbucks store and these kids walk in so yeah I feel I feel uh, totally cucked by the cold I think. By the way, there was a I, I posted a
1: picture uh, after the race that I the marathon relay that I ran on Saturday with I ran it with Mike Leone who you guys might know on Twitter two hats one Mike uh, the DFS player and analyst but I, I he was part of the relay team and he was in Charlotte so we ran it. And I posted a picture of us and I was wearing, I didn't run in these sweat, but I was wearing like really baggy sweatpants because it was just like, like we're, we're, I was the first leg. So we were just going from, from leg to leg and like picking people up and then, you know, rooting on our team, all of that kind of stuff. And so I was wearing like what was warm for me and comfortable. Right. But I'm mad because I had an opportunity to show off the quads. Yeah, you did, and you did. We we couldn't see your quads. We we still don't know. Yeah, I was very very disappointed by that. I could have.
0: Yeah, I know. I I I was I was hoping that you would you would be wearing um, like skin tight uh, track, you know, like um, like Olympic track runner get up.
1: If it was if it was uh, warmer outside, it would have been different. But it was it was cold on Saturday.
0: It would it would have also been incredibly awkward if you if you wore that for other revealing reasons. That's right. Yeah.
1: Uh, this next question is from at tummage. It says, how much do you remember of what is spoken about on the pod? I remember laughing multiple times last week, but have no recollection about what the best part of this question is that I forgot it and had to delve deep or have, and had to delve down deep to remember. Yeah. Look, Denny and I, you guys remember way more about the things that we say than we do.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I remember really like very memorable moments. But overall, I, it's kind it's kind of a haze because, I mean, we're we're like we're like putting this together in real time. Like yeah. uh, like we we work throughout, you know, parts of the day on Monday and Tuesday to make sure that, you know, the show doesn't totally suck uh but but yeah so when we get to it it's it's a bunch of laughing and then if you ask me afterward i'd be like it was something about um poop but i don't know yeah
1: right uh and there are things i mean we've told stories multiple times on this show that we thought that we hadn't told before but we definitely have told before so uh this next one's from at smoothie watch 21 it says oh. nine days to go denny nine days and then it says cd carter 13 Are you nervous about, are you nervous watching the impeachment trials having to think about so many white Russians?
0: Uh, Yes, 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 I am. Also read the transcript,
1: read the transcript. (laughs) This next one's from at Jake break baller for two men of great hair. What is the proper routine and order of operations for fixing your hair? Is there a wrong way? What is the goat hair product for dudes? I think you and I are on in the same boat with the the hair product. Do you still use Crew?
0: Well, I, I use a I I use a, a cheaper version of, okay, of Crew. It's the same same I, it's, it's same same sort of fiber. Yeah. Do type you do you, you use
1: like the I I have to use the really like the the stuff that makes your hair really stiff because my hair will like yeah. not stay the same way if I use like like the thinner stuff.
0: I, yeah, well, you, you have completely different hair than me, apparently, because if I use that, it would just all sit on my forehead, uh, throughout, throughout the day. Um, so I, I actually use Axe, an Axe product. Okay. Um, that's like half the, half the price of the, the crew. I mean, the crew's great. Don't get me wrong. I just, I just found myself, uh, wanting to punch myself in the face every time I, I bought it. Um. I actually have a podcast, guys, where I review my entire hair routine. It's the most psychotic thing I've ever done in my whole life. <laughs> uh, but I think it is informative, and I think that this listener may uh, get something out of it,
1: yeah, I mean, my routine is if I have to do my hair, I will put some on my hand and put it through my hair, and i'm I'm done.
0: How is your is your hair uh, wet? Sort of wet. Soaked? No,
1: I I it, it all of the above. Sometimes it's a little bit wet. I mean, whenever I get out of the shower, we we talked about this last week, where I I almost uh I, I like pinched a nerve in my neck the one time rubbing my hair so hard.
0: Oh yeah, right. You're you're an insane hair dryer.
1: I am. I am. I try to get as much of the wetness out of my hair after a shower, uh, and then therefore it's only damp to dry by the time that i'm putting stuff in my hair
0: yeah i mean damp is is workable don't ever put stuff in your hair if if it's wet unless you want it to look soaking wet like right. if you're going to a new year's eve party in 1921 or something <laughs> you know <laughs> that's the that's the look you're going for at that point
1: uh next question at Sauce 18 ketchup on eggs should this be allowed outside of prison walls also should i ride dac this week versus new england or live the stream <laughs> Ke- so but, ketchup on eggs they- is it like how how common is ketchup on eggs is like my sister and my mom did it growing up i wasn't really that into it because i didn't really like ketchup until i was like an adult oddly that is weird yeah it was it's strange but um i don't know I, I don't do ketchup on on eggs i can just eat my eggs plain because i'm i'm an adult
0: i mean i put hot sauce on my eggs yeah
1: hot sauce is actually good on eggs because we're high tea <laughs>
0: so yeah, I mean, I, I find I find the concept of ketchup on eggs totally disgusting. But as a kid, there was nothing better. I I don't know. I mean, <laughs> outside <of> prison walls, <laughs> <laughs> I I would say no, probably not. But then again, Patrick Mahomes puts uh, ketchup on a steak. So yeah,
1: uh, and then also with D- I would still play Dak over the streamers against New England. But I think that Baker's kind of close.
0: I know, I know. That's the one. That's the one that really gets me. Um, Especially but once I, Baker
1: goes throws for five touchdowns this week.
0: I, I, re, well, that, if if the five touchdowns are locked in, I think you're doing it. I think you're you're pulling the trigger. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not starting Ryan Tannehill over no, freaking no, no, Dak Prescott. No. no. Yeah.
1: Next question at cheesy underscore fl. Who is your least favorite guy on Twitter? I e the grammar the the grammar police. There was not an R there. <laughs> the established the run guy slash anti analytics guy. The oh. unironically uses the crying laughing emoji guy, etc. So I, I don't mind the people who are like so over the top and use emojis like that. They're they're just they're 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 annoying to a degree, but they're fine. The the people who honestly annoy me most on Twitter are the ones who are just so clearly miserable with their own life, and they're 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 intelligent enough. To write out coherent thoughts and use good punctuation and show show that they're educated, right? Uh, but at the same time, they're just they're just so so rude and mean and miserable for no reason at all. Those are the people that I just don't want to associate with on Twitter. I I think I do. You know how many people you've blocked on Twitter?
0: Um, I I would guess probably a hundred.
1: Really? I, so I'm at like forty. Okay. And cause I don't, I don't block that much, but I would say 30 of the 40, 25 of the 40 are the miserable guy type that I just yeah. don't want the negativity. And I know this sounds now this is starting to sound like a, like some sort of like infomercial, but <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want like the negativity in my mentions that I read yeah. over and over again. It's just, it just doesn't, it's not good for your mental health.
0: No, it's not I mean Twitter's not good for your mental health especially if you have that in your mentions people screaming in your face and and and, and sharing that sort of uh negative uh, ne- negativity I feel like Marianne Williamson a little bit but the um uh, I have I have muted no no kidding JJ I have muted probably more than a thousand people
1: yeah my muting I'm, I'm probably at like 200 or so so I I, I, I mute more but um the, the block so- I'm not I'm not like a I don't want to be a serial blocker because
0: no me neither it, it
1: to me to me it just it's well it's a sign of weakness in a way i think
0: well i mean uh, muting uh, yeah I, I i agree to an extent but uh muting is great because it's like that um that black mirror episode where uh you, you people oh yeah actually, they, they
1: become like uh it, like static
0: yeah, it can be like blanked out yeah yeah and and you can't see the person and so you base you basically do that to people who are who are basically yelling at you in your mentions and sometimes somebody will bring it to your attention and be like who is this guy yelling and you'll you'll actually go look and, and and look to see that this person has been tweeting at you for hours yes and and but you have no idea and that's great that's great because that person is driving themselves insane and you and you don't know and it's great yeah I lo- for, I love it. For, for, for the record I whenever I'm this is eating me up. When I say that it's a
1: sign of weakness, I really just mean the fact that when you're blocking people all the time, it's it's yeah. usually a sign of, like, not being able to take constructive criticism. That's right. That, yeah, that's that's really what – I mean, there are definitely times where you should be blocking people. That's really what I meant by it.
0: Yeah. I mean, the the the, the stuff that, that women reporters face. Yeah, uh, right. Like that. Yeah. I mean – Yeah, crazy. Yeah, the, the the threats. God. I mean, I would be blocking everybody. I, yeah, I mean, exactly. Um uh, so the just real quick to answer that question, the most annoying person I think on Twitter is the person who jumps into my mentions after a political post and basically says something to the effect of um, all political stances, uh, lawmakers and uh, voters are exactly the same. Uh, so why do you care? Like all like all things are equal in politics. The The good things are just like the bad things. I hate to tell you.
1: Right. And like the the, moderate stance,
0: I and and I'm and you know, I'm cynical, I'm not that cynical, so uh, that that drives me nuts to just to just say that, like, like, well, you may think that, but another person thinks this, and you guys are both equally wrong, yeah. Okay, I got you, yeah. That that makes me want to drive a nail through my eye. I got you, I got you.
1: Uh, next question is from at JRNFL Living in Minnesota, my wife and in laws all pronounce milk as milk. And Pillow as pillow, Are they irreparably sociopathic? Or can I do something to avoid divorce?
0: Well, where are they from?
1: Minnesota. Yeah, so
0: they talk weird.
1: Yeah, I mean, people in Minnesota talk weird. People in Pittsburgh talk weird. But Minnesota is, is more like everyone from Minnesota seems to have that sort of accent. It,
0: not everybody can speak perfectly like they're from Maryland, okay? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I, there are people though in like Pittsburgh that do the same thing with milk and milk.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that uh, you can accept you can accept this milk and pillow thing, and, uh, and 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 roll with it. I don't think divorce is necessary in this case, in my, in my humble opinion.
1: Yeah. Uh, next question at Jared R three two five is JJ. If JJ is never off air and Denny is never offline, how do you both remain married with social lives? man that's
0: rough yeah i mean the nfl season is different
1: the nfl season is different but i I, look i've I've found a good balance even during nfl season it's gotten a little bit better back back in the days it used to back in the start when i was startup number fire days those were those were that was rough it's not not a lot of, of free time
0: yeah um i mean i'm i'm online Yes, I am online all day, but I for my various responsibilities and jobs and things I ha- I have to be. So, you know, that's just that's just right. part of I I feel like this is part of um part of I, life. It's 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 unavoidable. And by the way, I can you be can, uh, can you ever log off if you don't remember logging on because I can't even remember logging on. No, I don't I remember
1: just, logging just, on either. Yeah.
0: No, it's just it's just become like part of my brain yeah. at, at this point, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I'm always in. Uh, Next question is (laughs) at tree underscore nerd. Join the dad running club last night as I welcomed my first child into the world during Monday night's game. Damian Williams injury cost me my matchup and potentially my first round bye. what is the proper horsey sauce to champagne ratio to honor this awesome slash horrific coincidence. Here's the thing when we're, 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 this is going to be a little philosophical, but when we're sitting there tilting, a fantasy matchup because things look, I lost like three games this week by less than a point in my leagues. It was awful. Wow. You get so much perspective though. Yeah. When something that big happens in your life. So congratulations to Jesse number one, but I think it goes back when you really take a step back from this stuff and you just hang out with your kid or something like that. You're, it's really easy to remember how dumb caring about Damian Williams injury. I mean, we care that Damian Williams is okay, but I mean, as it, impacts your fantasy team it just doesn't matter
0: can i tell a a little story to jesse that i that i mean i was in a very similar spot and first of all congratulations but my son was born on a on on a monday morning and so my wife and the baby were still in the hospital obviously on monday night and i was sitting there watching um On mute, I was watching the Titans and Jets play on Monday Night Football last Monday night uh, game of the year. It was fantasy championship week. I needed the Titans defense not to score more than 13 points. Okay, it gets down to the final drive of the game and Mark Sanchez fumbles the ball and a linebacker for Tennessee picks it up and runs it in for a touchdown. I lose I lose my championship by two points and in that moment I couldn't care less it was the the least consequential thing uh ever I thought that I would freak out and while it was happening but then I realized kind of where I was and I hate to be mushy but it just didn't matter to me at the at the time
1: man what a story man what what a great story what a touching story (laughs)
0: It was. And you know what, though? It did help that the the, the night before I had won my family league. So. <laughs> so, so if I had lost that and that maybe it's maybe it's a different story. Maybe I jump out the the window <laughs> of the hospital. The
1: hospital yeah. Uh, next question. At J underscore A underscore SoCal. What is the best condiment and why is it honey mustard?
0: Oh, God. Mustard.
1: No, h- honey mustard
0: oh honey my, okay okay, okay.
1: <laughs> there's so much less still
0: okay yeah no mustard is an abomination mustard's okay
1: uh, it's not great but it's okay
0: it, i hate it so much i hate it more than pickles and i hate pickles a lot uh honey mustard is doable you know what honey mustard is good with chicken tenders
1: yeah of course you know what's the best though what is chick-fil-a
0: sauce Okay, uh, I I I haven't had that. Oh, you need
1: I, everyone needs to get Chick Fil A sauce. Um,
0: yeah. So I I end up eating all the chicken tenders that my kids don't eat. So then I just I just use the honey. But why do I love honey mustard? But but I I would I wouldn't eat mustard on a dare. I don't know.
1: I mean, obviously the sweetness to it, and it's you know it doesn't have that like bitterness to it. Ah, uh, yeah. But I feel I, I can understand. I honey mustard is probably. Honey mustard's got to be the most, like, accepted condiment.
0: It's ketchup. What are
1: you talking about? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but 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 I feel like there's probably more pe- – I, I want to know, uh, of everyone, of the 13 people listening, how no. many of you don't like honey mustard? And then how many of you don't like ketchup? Hit our mentions and we'll tally it up.
0: Yeah, well, it has to be Heinz, first of all.
1: Well, yeah, okay. The fact that you even have a preference shows that there's a bad kind of ketchup.
0: I mean, don't you don't you technically have to be a Heinz truther? Yeah, I am. A, I am a
1: Heinz truther, but I'm telling, I'm saying that means that there's bad ketchup out there.
0: Yeah, sure, there is. There's, there's bad. There's bad. Everything. Just look at just because you started experimenting with ketchup when you were 30 years old, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean,
1: <laughs> you're a rookie, man. This next one is from at bf Daniel M. We'll probably have to end on this one. Uh, but it says, as a German student teacher, I spent some time in Pennsylvania this year and I've been to California and New York City with my family in 2013, too. And I have to say, your toilet situation in the U.S. is horrific. Why is there so much space between the door hinges and frames? Let me shit in peace, please. Sorry to the kids. Oh, yeah. So, so basically, so he, he shows examples and he's basically saying, if you're in a stall... And you and you look at all the stalls and why why are there gaps in them? Like, why can you see through? And, and you know, whenever you're like walking through the bathroom and you're like, is this open? Is this open? You're just you're, you're looking at other dudes taking dumps.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can clearly see it. You yeah. Know, you can you know, just you can clearly, clearly see them
1: in there. Yeah. You,
0: yeah. And, and 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 the worst part. And this happens. This hat. Don't, don't I, I? I'm not going to uh, pretend that this has not happened to me is when you accidentally make eye contact <laughs> through the crack through the crack and and then you have to like quickly look away and be like oh dude i'm i'm not actually looking at you you know, I'm not, and it's actually, it's it's not it's not as awkward if you're the one sitting on the toilet looking through the crack because you're like looking out. Like, yeah,
1: right. You're you're so, supposed to be doing that because what if there's like a, a an armed robbery that's going yeah. on there?
0: Yeah are 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 people looking at me? It's it's uh yeah, it's very strange. I was in a bathroom the other day. Uh, at actually, it was at Rock Bottom in Bethesda, and in so all so okay. I'm gonna get detailed. All the urinals are being used, so the only one was these, this, the, the standalone toilet, and it was in a closet type, type space. And in that, in that, in that space, there was only one light, one tiny light on the ceiling that shined down. You know, like you were being uh, interviewed by the CIA <laughs> in, a, in a, in a secret Siberian uh, facility. You know, and so I felt I felt like, you know, I was being grilled while I while I peed in there. It was very weird. (laughs) Abducted by aliens. Well, yeah, I I, I did not like it. Rock bottom. If you're listening, you know, fix that situation. Fix that situation.
1: All right, Denny, that's going to do it for the questions. Let everyone know where they can find you.
0: Yeah. At CD Carter 13 on Twitter. I have my kicker post on Patreon Uh, on our patreon page and if you would like the updates which came in really handy for some folks and lots of thank yous we appreciate that from the patrons sign up for our patreon
1: i am on twitter at late round qb you can go tell me that i'm a giant humble brag on there uh i also have a podcast the late round podcast you should subscribe to that denny do we have a tilt montage this week oh we do thanks for listening guys enjoy the tilt montage and we will talk to you next week
0: So, 1.35 p.m. Eastern Time, the only legitimate time zone on the planet. And um, Devin Singletary, who I have quite a bit of in redraft and uh, in DFS today, um, so he had 27 yards to start the game. Good, Good little start for the rookie. Um, and now we're approaching the end of the first quarter and the box score says he has I'm checking 20 still yeah still 27 yards so i don't really understand that against the second worst rush defense in the nfl he had 27 yards in the first drive i believe and and he still has 20, so that math's not checking out, I've called DraftKings, I've called FanDuel they uh, both called me Cucks, and promptly hung up on me so gonna have to hang in there on Singletary I am uh, I am tilting it's 1.40pm eastern time zone, and Um, I heard Rich Rebar, good friend, Goat, Mr. Goat Rebar, talk this week about how the change in the Atlanta defense was evident last week when the head coach ceded defensive play calling to the defensive coordinator, and they subsequently dominated uh, the Saints in New Orleans. Now the Falcons are dominating uh, Carolina. And I hate it on every level. Oh my God. It's not the worst thing to ever happen to me, but it's like top three. No more high play volume. No more 43 passes per game. And no more hurry up offense. No more Julio. And the, the, the kicker is now in play. Which I hate because the Falcons are always going to be underdogs, but the process, the process, the process, the process, etc., cetera, et cetera. Now we have to think about streaming the Falcons' defense, which you know it hurts. it Actually, hurts hurts me physically when I when I consider it. But if the if this change is real, and if they're suddenly the eighty-five Bears, then we have to. Oh. What could be worse? I'm tilting. It's uh, 2.22 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone, and Brian Hill' season continues to disappoint in the most typical uh, fantasy way possible. The Falcons got down to the one- or two-yard line, and, of course, another running back, Allison, I believe, gets the carry, punches it in. Brian Hill is nowhere to be seen. You know, Brian Hill's season is the most disappointing season since my ninth grade JV basketball season, in which I began the season as the starting shooting guard and uh, was promptly benched after three games, uh, never to see the court again. But many say that's what happens when you just refuse to play defense or try to get a rebound. Or really do anything but stand on the wing and clap your hands and say, Bro! Bro! I'm open! I'm open! Yo! Ball! Ball! So, you know, same kind of season. I'm tilting. Uh, 2.30 Eastern time and the Vikings just intercepted Brandon Allen at the goal line. Uh, Allen with a just a brutal mistake. Denver's up 20-0. to zero. They were in field goal range. Clearly, that we're gonna kick the field goal. He makes you know the worst throw you could possibly make. The Vikings now have the ball at like the twenty-five yard line, their own, and I'm I'm just waiting for Mike Zimmer to kneel twice and get to halftime down twenty to nothing because that's the the level to which I think Zimmer and the Vikings you know fill their diapers aka shit themselves, on a weekly basis with their ultra-conservative uh, play calling, no, no wait, no, Kirk Cousins is in the shotgun, he's taking a snap. Folks, I've been proven wrong, he throws, it's Kyle Rudolph for 14 yards this Rudolph season. All right, I'm glad to be wrong, I'm happy to be wrong. I, I was about to, my face was going to literally melt off if the Vikings... Either just ran it up the middle a couple times or, or just knelt on it. They're down 20 nothing. 29 seconds left. I'm just going to, I'm going with it. I'm going with it. This is going to be a long, extended version of the tilt montage segment here. Cousins drops back to the 40. He tries to set up a screen. Dalvin Cook catches it. He has to run about 75 yards to lose. He lost four yards on the play. Good play, Vikings. Nice, awesome, excellent play there. And naturally, uh, Mike Zimmer lets uh, an additional five seconds run off the clock before he calls a timeout uh, because uh, he desperately needs in-game simulations to teach him how to, to manage this sort of situation, this two-minute situation, or, or in this case, one-minute situation. The, 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 these coaches, they need to play, I know it's funny, but they need to play video games. We need to get these old boomers like Mike Zimmer playing some video games. So they don't suck so much. God, boomer coaches are terrible. I'm tilting. 3.18 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone, and I had forgotten in touting Devin Singletary all week that uh, the only plan that the Bills have in the red zone is for Josh Allen to roll out, take off, and run like some sort of rabid animal toward the end zone uh, without regard for his life or the life of any defender in his path So, and that's what happened here against the Dolphins so really, as Marcus Grant from NFL Network said uh, what's the use in having Devin Singletary when when, uh, Josh Allen is just the one who's just going to take off He's gonna take one read. He's gonna take off, and he's gonna run with wild abandon. Just, I mean, you know, you know that when he takes off for the end zone, uh, one of two things are gonna happen: he's gonna score, or he's gonna get hurt and not score. Those are the two things. Not tilting. Thank you for listening to Living the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out makegroundqb.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.